Hi friends, this is Maria Mays, founder of Take 5, well-being coach and teacher, and you're listening to Chakras and Chardonnay, a well-being podcast for wine lovers, where we explore insights from ancient wisdom teachings to empower our health, to liberate ourselves from anxiety, and to more mindfully enjoy our wine and everything else we consume. Did I mention we have fun exploring different wines? (laughs) We do that too. And I am so, so grateful that you are here. Hi, friends. Welcome back. So today's focus is on mantras. And this intentionally is to follow up to episode seven. If you haven't listened to that, check it out, where I talk about meditation, um, what meditation does to the brain, so a little bit of the science, and also share my rocky road to developing a real consistent practice that now is really my godsend. It's how I um, maintain balance. It's how I show up fully for everyone in my life through having a consistent daily practice. And also a follow-up to last uh, episode, which was episode eight, where Amanda and I talked about creating a space that is sacred and that helps draw you in to that sense of self and peace. So today, let's talk about mantra. So the word itself is a Sanskrit word. And so the first part of it, man, translates roughly to mind. And then tra is the root of the Sanskrit word instrument. So mantra is truly an instrument of the mind. And it is a powerful sound or a vibration that you can use to enter a deep state of meditation. And it is the form of meditation that I practice personally. It is one of the forms of meditation that I teach. And it has truly changed my life. And I can tell you why. You see, I have a really busy monkey mind in that my brain oftentimes is just going through one thought after another so fast that it's really hard to allow it to quiet down a little bit. So if you can relate, mantra might be for you. So I have a lot of space and air element in me. So if you swing back to episode five, I introduce you to the elements of Ayurveda. And space and air, if we just look at those for a moment, think about light, cold, dry, with air, a lot of movement, quickness, always changing. Think about the wind, just, you know, never knowing if it's going to be fast or slow, just constant movement. Well, because I have so much of that element in me, I have a tendency to have that quickness and just constant shifting um, within the thought pattern within the brain too. So for me, that mantra is a beautiful tool to help take that um, that monkey mind and uh, allow it to stop racing and start to find some stillness and eventually get to that beautiful expansion that meditation has to offer. So One thing I want to touch on is a lot of times people will use mantra as interchangeably with the word affirmation. So, for example, I'm a strong, powerful woman, let's say. Let's say that's my affirmation. Some people might use that as a personal mantra, per se, but it's actually a little different. And so, in the traditional sense, mantra 
actually has no particular meaning. So it's a sound or a vibration to take you out of that thought because it doesn't have a particular meaning. So if you think about it, our thoughts have two pieces to the equation usually. You've got the sound, like let's say I am strong. That sound of the S, the T, you know, the whole word, it has a sound, right? But it also has a, a meaning, right? There's a meaning. When I say the word strong, you get an image in your mind of something that represents strong for you. Maybe it's Popeye. Maybe it's uh, the gal from the 50s that had the handkerchief on her head and was doing, God, I can't think of her name, but was doing the, the, the muscle. Maybe you think of yourself. Maybe you think of your kids. Maybe you think of a really strong, beautiful tree, strong root system. Whatever you, you visualize, you create an image in your head that you associate with that particular word. A mantra doesn't have that. And so what that allows us to do is step out of that superficial level of activity in the brain. And that might seem strange, but let me, let me clarify. So because there's no meaning associated with the mantra, there's nothing to hold us at of that activity level of the brain, of the mind. So our awareness can then just expand. Because here's the thing, our brain's always looking for the next thing to drop our awareness to, right? Always looking for the next area that's more interesting, what to focus on. And when we have meanings associated with things, it's going to drop to that. And then what's the next thing? We create stories and there we go on and on and on. But because there's no association, there's nothing to hold us to that superficial level. So it's such a cool thing <laughs> because when we give the mind no direction, by thinking that mantra, automatically our awareness turns within. We start to settle down. The brain gets a little quieter. The monkey gets a little quieter. And that's the power of mantra in meditation. So where is a affirmation might take us outward or you know, general thoughts might take us outward, mantra is truly there as a um, a tool is the word I'm looking for to take us inward. So it's a vehicle to take us from the external chaos and the internal chaos in the monkey mind and drop into that inner peace, that inner silence. So if you've never tried a mantra meditation practice, I highly encourage you to check it out. Um, we're going to do one at the end of this podcast episode, so stick around for that. And I'm going to leave it at that because there's a lot of different things we could look at. There's mantra used in music a lot of times. Um, there's just so many different directions we can go. But I really just want you to have one takeaway, and that is a mantra is a tool that you can leverage if you have a super busy monkey mind to take it out of that constant thought cycle, whether that be a negative thought cycle you're trying to get out of, something that you're ruminating over, or just trying to get it to quiet down so you can get sleep for crying out loud, whatever it is. Um, think about mantra as a tool for that and stick around to the end and we'll experience it. So one last thing 
on mantra, and that is I just want to mention the style that I practice personally and that I teach, and that is a primordial sound meditation, a primordial sound mantra. So everything in the manifest world has a sound or vibration, and the really cool thing about the primordial sound is that if you think about um, sounds like the rustling of tree leaves in the wind or a sound of a trickle of a river. Think about those sounds that exist in nature and are just so peaceful. It can really draw you into that place of peace. Primordial sound mantra meditation is based on these vibrations. So thousands of years ago, um, ancient sages were able to hear or recognize the sound that the universe would make. And so they then during the lunar cycle would notice that if they used the position of the moon, they could document the cycles of the sounds. So this is really old stuff. So these vibrations or sounds became part of the Shankaracharya tradition and have now been used in meditation for thousands of years. And so knowing when and where you were born, we can calculate the position of the moon, and then the sound that the universe was making at the moment of your birth. Wild, right? And I don't calculate it by hand. I have an <laughs> algorithm that I'm able to leverage uh, as being a Chopra certified instructor to be able to um, access um, rather than using the old school method. They made it much more easy for us. So this is something that Deepak and his partner, uh, Dr. Simon, uh, basically resurrected. It wasn't something they created. It's something that had kind of got lost in some cases in tradition, but was being practiced still in some places within India. And so they revived it, but then also made it more practical to uh, be applicable in a busy Western lifestyle. So that's why it's so perfect for my chaotic life. Um, so anyway, really cool, something that I teach one-on-one. -on -one. I don't have a course out right now, but might be incorporating that in the future. But if you have interest in really deepening your practice, this certainly will do it and love to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. You can access um, my email and such in the show notes. So let's now transition into... A conversation about wine. This week I am mindfully sipping on some garnacha. Why? Well, because it's the middle of summer and the farmers markets are filled with ruby colored stone fruits and so is this wine. So let's first talk about the grape itself. Garnacha originates from northern Spain and an area called Aragon, jumped the fence, so to speak, as well as jumped the Pyrenees Mountains and made its way into the southern Rhone region of France, where it became Grenache, which is a name you're more likely to know. So today you'll find Grenache in tons of famous French Rhone blends, like my personal favorite, GSM. So besides the G standing for goodness, in my opinion, it actually stands for Grenache. And we'll talk more about GSM in another episode because it's one of my faves. But for now, let's hone in on an example of a really yummy and super affordable Grenache. Oh, but before we do, one more note on Grenache. 
and that is that it loves dry, hot climates, which means it can grow where I live in the Central Valley in California because we have intense dry summer heat. In fact, California has about 4,000 acres of Grenache vines, and the majority of those are right here in my home, the Central Valley. So that's kind of a cool fact. So let's look at the wine that I'm tasting. It is a 2021 La Sorniente Garnacha. So it is so yummy, and it is $7 a bottle. What? That's because it was purchased at TJ's, Trader Joe's. So if you're not familiar with Trader Joe's, it's a chain of like neighborhood type of kind of small grocery stores in the U.S., and they're known for having an amazing selection of wines that are super budget-friendly. And this is just that. I mean, 7 bucks a bottle? Ridiculous. So... For me, it was all cherry and earthy goodness on the nose. So immediately that puts me into thinking about the mulandara or the root chakra, that earthiness, that earth element coming in. And it's a combo I can't get enough of. I found it uh, here locally with some local Madera County Malbecs, which tastes completely different uh, from Argentine Malbecs. Um, We'll talk all about Malbec in an episode in the future. Um, Also some Pinots definitely pull out that cherry. Um, but this bottle had it too. So I first actually grabbed it because the description and the label. Again, I'm a sucker for labels. This one has a beautiful drawing of a silhouette of a face and then a hummingbird connected. And I love hummingbirds. They love me right now too because I finally filled the feeder on time. Um, and actually, since we're talking mantras, I get frequently visited by a hummingbird in my meditation spot outside in my yard where there's actually no feeder and there's no flowers that they could drink from in that particular part of the yard. So I think they're just coming to hang and meditate with me. Maybe they like the sound of the mantra. Anyway, my husband was tasting it with me. He got tobacco on the nose and I didn't get until after he mentioned it and then I could pick it up. So maybe it was his years of chewing tobacco that sharpened that perception. I don't know. But what you might find when you're tasting wine is that you can't get notes um, necessarily that are on the label or that somebody else is getting. And again, that goes to the fact that it's your sense memory, your olfactory senses. If you haven't smelled tobacco before, you're not going to get it in a wine. So I always encourage you when you're entering into that step of exploration, which we haven't covered yet in the five-step mindful tasting process, but we will in an episode soon. As you're exploring... It's really important to just see what you get before then looking at what others get because then you can kind of have an unbiased opinion and then come back and say, oh, yeah, actually I do get a little, in this case, tobacco. Anyway, so on the palate, it's just big, ripe, bold, plum goodness and maybe a little blackberry too in there and then a nice long finish. So I'm a sucker for long finishes. For me, that's really what makes... Uh, amazing wine is the finish and we'll talk more about that again it's another step in the process we'll talk more about that when we get to the reflect step but it finishes with a little bit more earth and then a little grip and then an uplift with just a slight sweetness Um, and I I got a little vanilla and we were trying to figure out what it was and I think it's kind of like a vanilla coke do you remember vanilla coke (laughs) so this is a medium full body mouthful of fruit Super yummy. Oh my goodness. So if you have a Trader Joe's in your area, 
You can't go wrong because it's only a $7 spend. I mean, what can you get for $7? You can't go get a Big Mac, I bet. I mean, I haven't ordered one in a really long time, but my son has this thing where before a soccer tournament match, if we're out of town, he always wants to go to McDonald's for breakfast. And the last time I took him through there, I know, it's really hard as someone who really eats clean to, you know, take my son through it. But you know what, it's his thing that he likes to do. And, and I'm an 80-20 gal, we have to have a little balance. Anyway, it was like 12 bucks for, you know, uh, whatever this breakfast sandwich is and an orange juice and hash brown. It's ridiculous. Anyway, you can get a bottle, two bottles almost of this amazing wine for that. So check it out. What to pair it with? For me, I end up making myself a little bored. So I had some goat cheese on there some pumpkin seeds for a little salt and crunch, some chives and basil that I grabbed from the garden, and cherries because it is cherry season, um, and blueberries. I didn't think to grab any plums, and I actually had some from the farmer's market, so if I do it over again, I'd grab some plums too. But if I were making a full meal, I would actually go for a paella. In fact, I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't try to make it myself. I'd call my friend Mike, who makes the best paella. So Mike, if you happen to be listening today, please bring over your beautiful paella pan and we'll make it over the fire pit and have this amazing garnacha. Now, stick around and I'd love to guide you through a short mantra practice. Today we're going to do a short mantra meditation practice. So let's start by just quickly checking in. How are you feeling in this vessel, this physical form? Where is the tension? Where are the aches? Where are the pains? Maybe you don't have any, but maybe there's something that sparked when you heard that question asked. So let's just take a moment and take a few deep breaths together, inhaling deeply, and as you exhale, just intend to release the tension, the constriction, whatever you're feeling in the physical form. Just let it out with the breath. So a few more breaths like that, just slower than normal, deeper than normal, and intentional, intending to release that which is stagnant, constricted, and tight. And just check in with the shoulders. Notice if they're rounded forward, maybe draw them up and open them. More onto the back, allow the chest to open a little bit and allow the crown of the head to lengthen. So if you're driving, keep your eyes open. If you're in a place where you can close your eyes and it feels safe to do so, go ahead and allow the eyes to close softly. And then I want you to bring your awareness to the center of the chest. In fact, if you're not driving, if you can take your hands and place them right over heart center, just to help us bring our awareness to that part of the physical form. As you do that, see if you can still open those shoulders a little bit and still lengthen through the crown of the head. Let's just take a deep breath here and feel that chest rise and open with the inhale and soften back down and release with the exhale. Again, just breathing into the center of the chest. And with each exhale, just releasing anything that's not important right now. It's just this moment, just this. 
And we're going to invite in the mantra associated with the heart or Anahata chakra, which is Yam. So it's spelled Y-A-M. Yam. So I just want you to hear that in your mind, almost like a whisper each time I say it. Repeat it silently to yourself. Yum. And notice as you hear it through my voice and as you repeat it to yourself, if you can feel its vibration. Yum. Feel the vibration of love. Yum. The vibration of compassion. Yum. Yum. Just allow that vibration to keep coming in. Yum. And remembering that the mantra is simply a tool. Yum. Come back to it whenever the mind wanders. Yum. So just continue like that, silently repeating the mantra. Yum. Experiencing the vibration of it. Yum. Continue repeating it silently, and I will keep an eye on the time and let you know when it's time to stop repeating the mantra. Yum. Again, anytime a thought comes up or a sensation in the body arises, just easily draw that mantra back. Yum. Just allow that mantra to be released now. But keep your eyes closed if they're closed and just continue to rest like this, just for a few more moments. Resting in the sensation of stillness, resting in peace, resting in your wholeness, resting in truth. This, how you feel right now, this is your truth. Now, we're just going to finish off with a few intentions for living a happy, healthy, joyous life. So just repeat these silently after me as I say them out loud. Joyful, energetic body. Loving, compassionate heart. Reflective, alert, focused mind and lightness, lightness of energetic being. Thank you so much for practicing with me today. Namaste.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Chakras and Chardonnay. I hope you enjoyed that guided relaxation. If the content of today's episode inspired you and you're ready to take your power back over your health, then check out my new group mentorship program. This transformative eight-week program starts this summer and it'll be delivered in live sessions virtually. So no matter where you're at in the world, you can join me. You have the power to improve your mental wellness, your physical health, and to achieve lasting inner peace. Check the link in the show notes for details. And stay tuned for next week, where I'll be bringing you another great guest. In the meantime, I'd love your feedback on this show. If this resonates with you, please consider hitting that follow button and take the time to review or rate this podcast or drop it over to a friend. It's a free way to support me continuing to give you this content. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks again. Until next time, cheers. And here's to keeping it mindful.